0: Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. One of the things, certainly, that I've spoken about as well is the use of inflammatory language in terms of hyperbole. Uh, everything that you don't—a war becomes genocide. A uh, you know, a Gaza became an open air concentration camp until it wasn't, and it, it, it's just very, very worrying because. What this does is it prevents real dialogue. I wanted to ask Sarah Gunn her view on it. She's a policy fellow at the Institute of Race Relations. Uh, Sarah, a very, very good morning to you. How are you? Ah, oh, fine. Thank
1: you. Very well. Thanks,
0: Sarah. Right. Thanks, so, 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 let's just talk about uh, let's talk about the the, the d- use of language. Why mm. it can be and in this particular case is problematic.
1: Well, as you say, in times of war, inflammatory language and propaganda sort of reach new heights. Generally speaking, and uh, Yuan has to, you know, certainly from a journalistic point of view, an enormous amount of information has to be verified before it it, it, it has any currency. Um, And the sort of language that the sort of language that comes out from of the mouths of Israeli politicians is periodically inflammatory and and insensitive and Frankly, downright stupid. But what what I what my concern is that that's that's not a sanctioned um, responses. Um, usually, it receives criticism from both sides of the political spectrum. It, 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 for example, the one comment made that I wrote about you know the way to resolve uh, Gaza is to nuke it. Now, I mean, not helpful, not helpful no, at all.
0: No.
1: Um, but it is it is sort of the language of the, the idiocy of war. What I wanted to do, and I did, what I did in my article, is I wanted to bring to the attention of people who probably don't know, in fact, I, I would imagine most don't know, and it wasn't aimed to the Jewish community, is the nature of the official propaganda that has been part of the arsenal of the Palestinian Authority and Hamas for decades. And it's, it's, it's the language they use to their audience, to the Palestinians in Arabic about Jews and about Israel. Um, much of which is so, it's, it's not inflammatory, it's beyond inflammatory because its it, it, it relies on the repeated and hysterical repetition of anti, anti-Jewish tropes. And what I'm obviously trying to get out there is, you, is, is to say to the world, listen to what affects part of the ability to actually reach any possible solution to this conflict.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so so this use of language also means that, and and it's repetitive. So does that you know that also potentially means that that things aren't questioned. You know, genocide. We just throw around the word genocide with, and yeah. and and we're seeing South African intellectuals, people that that certainly I had respected in the past, throwing around terminology yeah. that is not only incorrect but downright dangerous.
1: Yeah. No you see the thing is I think that we're reaching a confluence of things here, and I think it's partly because of the effectiveness of the uh, uh, official Palestinian narrative over a decade it's almost been like a drip drip feed of yeah, of, yeah. of, of uh, propaganda and hate and of course, there is that general feeling from courtiers such as I' mentioned that the Palestinians have no agency they are victims of everyone and everything but particularly the West and most particularly Israel so you've set up an emotional an emotionally charged environment in which the words genocide can be thrown around and no one's thrown around better than our government i mean I think in the long run there may be some considerable embarrassment about that with absolutely no no understanding either of the definition of the word or of the term um, but they, what they do know is the loadedness of it just high emotions and is very, very attractive. There's no definition. I mean, one of our favorite things, and it's constant through this war, is you get the Hamas figures of the death toll in Gaza. Absolutely. Now, you know, two things. One is that you know, there is never a breakdown between terrorists, the numbers of terrorists, the terrorists killed and the number of... Yeah, we
0: don't know one uh, terrorist who's been killed. We don't know yeah. one.
1: Yeah. We, we don't. And, and, and this has been going on decades, I mean it's it's, co- it's covered the Hamas the, the nature of the relationship between Israel and Hamas since Hamas took over in Gaza um, and the, what's terrifying is that the formal media in particular I mean, social media you can't say much about frankly, but the for formal media is n- never a drilling down to say that you know, but what figures are these? I mean we get all the figures from the we get all the figures from from Israel, and it's broken down, but we don't ever get it from Hamas right. and yeah. it's part of that del- illusion that we've created that, that that these intellectuals step into that somehow we they've got to keep reminding us that, that the, the the militants, the terrorists, the planning the strategy is they are Palestinians in Gaza. They are Gosman citizens like everybody else and they suffer like everybody Mm -hmm. else. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of what the, 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 the the idea that is trying to be expressed without necessarily saying it. And uh, I think that's, it's quite, it's, it's it's tacitly clever.
0: It really is. That's unfortunately all we have time for.